All right, Luke chapter 7 while you're standing. Luke chapter 7. I, w- I will say at some point we're going to add another song or two. Like, oh man, that's why we're going to add it. Because you need to like praising God. Look, the goal of a service is not to be long. And honestly, you have no idea. And I know you don't believe me, and I don't care. I, I, I try to figure out how I can condense things. Because the goal isn't to be long. But the goal isn't to get through either. The, the goal is to have meaningful time interacting with God. And I care way more about interacting with God in a meaningful way than I do about getting out at a certain time. And, and just because you've been here a long time doesn't mean that you've heard from God. And just because it was a short service, I mean, some people are like, man, that service was 45 minutes. I heard from God. No, you didn't. You just got to be first at the restaurant. That's all you care about. Like, sweet. I mean, it's, one is not necessarily an indication of the other either way, but, but we do, while I want to be conscious of time, I want you to be conscious of interacting with God, and it's not trying to get done. It's trying to interact with Him. Real quick, I, I want to mention Brother Rob and Miss Linda love their family, but Sophia, their daughter, every now and then she expresses her hallelujahs a little differently than everybody else would. And, and maybe you're new here. I've, I actually dealt with this in a service one time because, you know, different people through different circumstances are going to have different needs. And I was just, when, when the offering was being, play, was being played and we heard Sophia's expression, I literally thought this, Jesus would have no problem with her, with coming and sitting by her. And so it's our job to pay attention. And to our young people, when you hear something and you're like, man, that just, that seems kind of out of place, don't start giggling about it. Don't, don't get weird about it. You just focus on Jesus. You focus on what's being played. You focus on who God is. And just, and just learn that God loves us where we're at. It's good. It's good. I like it. And I'm thankful for it. Hmm. I'm just thankful that Jesus takes us like we are. Brother Robert, he doesn't ask me to be any different than I am to love me. No, he doesn't want to change me. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> no, 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 it's actually not sweet. Because <laughs> now you're about to get slapped in the face with some truth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. This is our third message about the doubt of John the Baptist. And we're going to deal with the hard issue this morning that Jesus deals with in the last verse of our text. Verse 18 And the disciples of John showed him of all these things. Remember, John was the forerunner of Jesus, but now he's in prison for obeying Jesus, and now he's doubting Jesus. And by the way, he wouldn't get out of prison except by execution. That's how he got out. He went to be with God when his head was chopped off. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, come unto Jesus, they said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things ye have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to the poor, the gospel is preached. A few weeks ago we dealt with this, don't drown in your doubt. God, God doesn't hate you when you doubt. 
but just don't drown in it. Talk to the right people. Don't handle it alone. Don't drown in your doubt. Last week, we dealt with this issue, how to deal with people when they're in doubt. Don't you love that Jesus didn't mock John, but that he affirmed John? And that's what we need to do when people doubt. But I want it. we're dealing with verse 23, and this is a hard truth. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. This is the title. This is basically what Jesus was saying to John. This is harder than you thought. And the Christian life is harder than you think it's going to be sometimes. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing this time. My baby love Ann is going to sing. This is a good truth. This song, this song is a good truth. And it's a great song to have. All of the songs are great for different reasons. This one is just about hearing the word of God. And so let it, let it minister to your heart, and then however God would use it, prepare you for the message that's ahead.
Blessing. Thank you, sweetheart. I sure do appreciate that truth. Man, God's word is timeless. And it's just as relevant today as it was any other time, any other generation. It's inspired, it's preserved for you today, and it's sufficient. The only question is, are you going to have an open heart? I, I wasn't planning on saying this. I had a conversation with someone during the handshaking time, and they were talking about how a particular truth stung. And, and I, I made this statement to them, and, and they know this, but I just made this statement. It's never given for the purpose of stinging, but the word of God is like a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It stings, but the point isn't to sting. The point is to help. The point is to save. The point is to strengthen, and so receive it with an open heart this morning, and always, always assemble with the desire to hear from and respond to God. Well, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but people start things with great enthusiasm, and then they quit things with almost as intense enthusiasm. And there can be different reasons for it. Sometimes schedule you start something and then you realize, man, my schedule just isn't conducive to what this new endeavor is. Sometimes you start something and your priorities change. And you realize, man, my, my focus in life needs to be a little different. And there can be other reasons, none of them wrong, why we start something and quit something. But if we're honest, and I believe experience in your life and then observation of the world around us, and then even if you could chronicle this research, this would bear this out. The main reason that we start something and then quit it is because it's hard. And most of the time, way harder than we thought it was going to be. And I'm going to learn how to play an instrument. You know, like Brother Feovi. I love it. I love it. I just feel like I could play that. I mean, that's how we approach it. I, I, I mean, I watch, I watch people do really crazy athletic things on TV, and I'm like, I should be able to do that. And then I go and try to do anything like that, and I feel like I'm a toddler, and I need, I need somebody to hold my hand. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Miss Bev just gets up here, and she's just like... No, she's not like that, but that's my impersonation of her right now. She's tearing it up, making melodious sounds on a stringed instrument to the Lord. You got Michael Caine getting over here on the cello, and it's just, it's stirring. That choir special last week, and the way they sound, and that cello going, that's going to happen again next Sunday, and you're like, that sounds, I'm going to learn how to do that. Okay, <laughs> You think you're going to go pop something into the microwave and you're going to turn into this pianist or this guitarist or this celloist or this vocalist. Like, I think I want to do that. Okay. <laughs> it's hard. I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. 
I mean, there are people in here with gym memberships you still haven't started using. It's like that subscription. Why did I get this? You even got the keychain. Yeah, I can go whenever I want, which is why you never go. <laughs> Man, I started this diet last week. It's amazing. Until it's not. And you're hanging out with all your friends, and they're like, I'm not on that dumb diet. It's hard. I'm going to learn a second language. Si se puede. Some of you don't even know what that means. I think I know what it means, but I'm just going to move on past it. I think I know I'm right, Brother Pablo. I'm working on my Spanish a little bit. Oh, that's, that's simple. Okay. I was speaking to one of my Latino neighbors the other day, and he said this to me, you know enough to get you in trouble. Like, yep, you're, you're right, and that's pretty much where I live. I know enough to get me in trouble in a lot of areas. You know what would be amazing? I'm going to run a 5K. Yes. A 10K. Man, I've done that. You ever seen those bumper stickers that say 0.0? See, they're aware of the reality. <laughs> no, I, I did that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a half marathon, and, or I'm going to do a full marathon. And then you talk to the people who actually run, and you're like, this, yeah, look at them, and they've got those cool accessories, and they've got that watch. I want that watch, and I want some clothes like that, and I want those shoes. And, man, and you're going to have to train. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then you get out, and you run a block, and you're like, what am I doing with my life? And you go and you talk to somebody that actually runs. And you're like, when do you run? Do you run when you always feel good and it's only nice weather? No. You run when it's snowing. You run when it's raining. You run when your knees hurt, when your back hurts, when your kids are making you crazy. You run. You're like, this is hard. I don't think I want to run. Let me give you one more. I'm going to follow Jesus. John knew that it was going to be hard. The, the guy was not confused. He was not in some kind of confused state of ambiguity where I don't realize the cost of what God has put me here for. I'm the forerunner of Jesus Christ. The brother was raised, lived, not raised, but lived in the wilderness. And, and he didn't go through seminary in this comfortable air-conditioned building with professional professors who knew how to explain to him knowledge. He learned of God through the hardship and the adversity of a wilderness life, being clothed with camel's hair and eating locusts and wild honey. He was raised he lived in hardship. He knew ministry was going to be hard because he lived his life, his ministry life, confronting the sins of people. Look, you get, maybe you haven't experienced this. It's not always fun to stand up here and to confront things you know people might be struggling with and then to watch them struggle with you on their faces. It's not actually always fun to confront hard things in the lives of people. And John lived doing that. He called out the common people, called out the soldiers, called out the religious elite, even called out the political class and the leaders of the day. He knew it was going to be hard. He even said, 
referring to Jesus. He must increase and I must decrease. Do you know how he ended up, the main contributing factor to how he ended up in this place of doubt? Is because he didn't know it was going to be this hard. No, I know that the wilderness is going to be hard. I've, I've, I've lived in it. No, I, I know that while other people dress in far more comfortable clothes, I'm dressing in camel skin and people are eating far more um, delicious foods than locusts and wild honey. I, I know that that's going to be a hardship, but I'll embrace it. Because I know God's purpose for my life. No, I I get it that he must increase and I must decrease. And one way that I'm going to see that happen is by the consistent and faithful confrontation of sin in people's lives. And and I I understand that's hard and I'm not always going to enjoy it. But I'm going to... I'm going to preach the truth of God no matter how intense it gets and no matter how heavy the hardship is. I will embrace that. But then one day he preaches about Herod and Herod's immorality and the, and the wickedness that he had by taking his brother Philip's wife and living with her. And then through this sordid and manipulative relationship with Herod living with his brother's wife and the influence of that mistress's daughter and the kind of terrible things that were going on within that palace. Herod is influenced to go and eventually John is arrested and then beheaded and somewhere between prison and his execution, this goes through his mind and we know it went through his mind because of the statement that Jesus made in verse 23. He didn't just affirm, man, I'm doing amazing things without a doubt, I am the one. He dealt with this aspect, you can't be offended in me and that means this, This is harder than you thought it was going to be. It hurts worse than you thought. It's costing you more than you thought. It's depriving you of more than you thought. It's limiting you of more than you thought. God, I'm good. I'm good with the wilderness. I'm good with the camel's hair and the wild honey and the locust. I'm good with the preaching. I'm good with the loneliness, I'm good with the bugs, I'm good with the confrontation. But prison, God, I've been faithful to you, true or not. And he had been faithful. John wasn't in prison because of something he had done wrong. He was in prison because of the abusive power of those who were in control at the time and their fleshly appetites. He was in prison because he was choosing to be faithful to Jesus Christ and it was harder than he thought. Following Jesus was with all of his insight, with all of his understanding, with all of his ministry clarity about God's purpose for his life, serving Jesus turned out to be way harder than he thought it would be. Hard things are going to happen when you follow Jesus. Please get this. That would not necessarily happen if you did not follow Jesus. Be logical and be honest. If John isn't faithful, if John isn't faithful to preach like he should, okay, I'll preach to the common people because they can't really mess with me. I'll preach to the soldiers because they have their own struggles and they, they're kind of looking for something to help them. I'll even preach to the religious class because they're a bunch of hypocrites and they need to be called out and they really don't have as much power as they think they do. But I'm really not going to call out that sin in that person's life. 
It's not like he has to betray everything. I'm just going to limit it. I'm not going to go as far as I know I ought to go. I'm not going to be as faithful as I ought to be. And that might have protected him from some of this. No, just logically, he's there because he's calling things out. So if I don't take all of the stands that I believe I'm supposed to take, no, hard things are going to happen, John, when you follow me, and they would not have happened like they did if you had not been faithful to follow me. I just want to say to you this morning, if you ever want to be serious about Jesus, if you are at this moment trying to be serious about following Jesus, you must dispel with the fairy tale approach to Christianity and understand that following Jesus at times will be harder than you think it's going to be. You're going to be faithful. And you're going to feel losses that you didn't expect. And honestly, you don't deserve. Can we, just, can we Listen, I understand we're all guilty, but people go through hardships that they did not cause. Even guilty people, we're all guilty of something. We can go through hardships that we didn't necessarily deserve. A dream that doesn't become a reality while someone else's dream does. You ever had to deal with that? You ask God to do something in your life and he keeps holding pause, keeps holding pause, keeps holding pause, and yet it happens for other people. Look, I don't, I mean, I, I've got to be careful about this. There are far better men doing a far better job of pastoring who've gone through difficulties that I have not gone through. I can't, I can't tell you why that is. I just know that sometimes those things happen. A sickness. We live in this reactive society where if somebody gets sick, especially in Christian circles, we have two ditches. We have this ditch of where, man, God just automatically, if you ever get sick, you just say the right things and believe the right things, he's automatically going to heal you. No, God can heal you, but he doesn't always choose to heal you. Not in the way that you want. And then we live in this other ditch where it's like somebody got sick. I wonder what sin they let into their life. I wonder what they're doing wrong. No, we see, we have a perfect example right here of John. You can be doing the right thing the right way for the right reason, for the right purpose. Everything be in line like it should be. And yet it turns out to be far harder than you thought it was going to be. You can go through the hardship of having to admit that you were wrong. Do you understand following Christ demands the humility of admitting your guilt to your brother and to your sister? Oh, this is popular. Brother Dennis, I think I'm going to park right here for a minute. Like, oh, yes, I want to follow Jesus. This is great. Well, if you want to be serious about being his disciple, there are going to be times in your life when you've got to look another brother or sister in the face and say, I did wrong before you. That's going to be way harder than you think it is. No, we've, we've gotten in church, in, cult, in church cultures, we've gotten way too accustomed to sweeping things under the rug and to not dealing with things. But man, when you sin against somebody, you owe that person a humble apology. Well, I didn't mean to. Just because you didn't mean to doesn't mean you didn't still do wrong. Let me go deal with the other side of this since this is so fun. 
I really want to follow Jesus. Well, guess what? When somebody does something wrong, you better be ready to buckle up with forgiveness. We don't know what they did. Yeah, don't care. You say, that's pretty harsh to say. No, 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 no. I'm not saying hard things don't have consequences and don't have scars and hurt, but I'm telling you the Jesus that hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He was willing to forgive you for anything. And if you want to be serious about following Jesus, at some point you're going to have to open up your heart to the reality that I can't hold on to this forever. I can't forgive people based on my agenda. I got to forgive them based on God's agenda. Man, I want to follow Jesus. Wait, forgiving them is way harder than I thought. Mm, Look at me. Am I speaking truth or not? Forgiving them is turning out to be way harder than I thought it would be. Asking for forgiveness and admitting my wrong is turning out to be way harder than I thought it would be. Man, I want to follow Jesus. God, God is going to use, God, I'm just going to get comfortable. God is going to use, and don't worry, I'm not going to be on a stool wearing skinny jeans next week. It's okay. <laughs> no, God is, God, is going to, God is going to use our family and ministry. We want to get involved at church. That's going to be super easy. <laughs> Man, I, I'm still rejoicing over Miss Becca's testimony. I don't even know what Adam said. Don't even care. <laughs> this Becca's testimony, she literally said this, God had to break me. You know why? Because she knows this isn't going to be easy. No, I want to teach a Sunday school class. That'll be super easy. No, I want to I get plugged in. No, it's, it's great being in leadership here. No, ask the people who volunteer themselves to be in leadership. Ask them how awesome it always is. Now, we're going to be family. We're going to be faithful to the church services. If the doors are open, we're going to do our very best to be there. That's always going to be so easy. (laughs) Are you getting it? Man, I'm going to follow Jesus at work. And then you're going to find out, man, there are people that really don't like Christians sometimes. I'm going to follow Jesus even when people betray him. And then you experience your own family betraying him. Man, I thought this would be easy, but when someone that I trusted and loved or someone that I poured myself into has forsaken Christ or gone the wrong way. Man, there's some parents in here with heavy hearts. And sometimes you just want to throw in the towel as a parent because you're watching a child walk away from God and you feel powerless to do anything about it. Like, it, it, I, is it even worth it to keep going? No. I'm just being real. Following Christ is hard. And sometimes harder than you think. But there's another point to this. First of all, please get this. Not only was following Christ harder than John thought, please get it, but being Christ was way harder than John realized. Okay, John wasn't the only guy in this equation that was going to be arrested unjustly. John wasn't the only guy that was going to give his life 
in a way that he didn't deserve. Are you with me? You know who else this was hard for? It was hard for the one who showed us the way. Being the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world was very, very hard. Following Jesus is harder than you think. But there's another side. I want to illustrate that by a video. Before you play the video, Brother Patrick, if you can just get it ready. Um, a couple of, uh, I don't remember, three years ago, Alexandra, for her senior trip, she wanted to go to the mountains. And she loves to hike. She loves to camp. She loves to be outdoors. She loves, she loves strenuous, dangerous things like her father. That is Alexandra. She may not come across that way. Um, she's had to overcome, not lots, but some adversity. She was born with club feet in, in both of her feet and has had a couple of surgeries. And her calf muscles didn't develop the same way as everybody else's. And so she's had to deal with some limitations. And yet she, she's a strong young lady. She is well conditioned. And we're like, hey, what do you want to do? I want to go backpack. And we're not talking about glamping. We're talking about putting stuff in a backpack and then hiking around the Sawtooth Mountains. So on that trip, it's me, it's Andrea, it's Alexandra, and it's Ashlyn. The first couple of days, we're all up the mountain. I just want to say this. There were moments of tears. I'm not going to tell you from who, but it wasn't Alex or Ashlyn. <laughs> I'm a very emotional guy. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. For moments of tears. I, I just knew from researching the loop that we were doing, that, and, and the goal was on the, on the afternoon of the second day, we're going to get to this point, that we were the hardest, the hardest part of the summit was going to be on the end of the second day, and we were going to hit this amazing ridge. And, and, I, and I tried to document, just document it as we went, just taking videos. And there's one video where a few miles away you can see the ridge. And then you can, I didn't show it to you because of how hard I'm breathing. And I'm like, that's where we're going. And it just sounds weird and it's ridiculous. And I don't want you making fun of me and any more than you already do. But you can see it and, it and it's so far away. But then, Brother Patrick, go ahead and play it. This happens. I still love the fact, and all of you who have gotten over it, you need to get over the fact that you're bored with this state. Idaho is thinking awesome. Well, it's not as big as, and I've seen better. Get over it. Go jump in that lake. Good night. Idaho's amazing. Did you hear that? I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking, this was like two and a half, three years ago. I wasn't even thinking about this when I made that statement. Did you hear what I said? And this is what we see. 
doing that trip the first couple of days was way harder than a couple of my girls realized it was going to be. Those packs. Andrea's packs, did you see when she flexed? Her pack was in between 50 and 60 pounds. Look, I'm not going to carry all that stuff. I'm puny. <laughs> Kidding? Like, babe, I need a mattress. Deal with it. I'm kidding. It's hard. No, no. Real tears. Real discouragement. You know why? Because it's harder than you think. But then we saw that. Look, look, I'm not trying to make more out of that than I should, but I just want you to understand, if you appreciate God's creation, when you're looking up a mountain that you're trying to climb, it's really, it can be discouraging. But then when you get to see that, Brother Max talked about this in the office this morning, just being able to see something like that is just encouraging and it does something in your soul. And when, I, and, and when my three girls reached that, reached that precipice and they were able to look down and see that, something changed in them. Here's the, here's the point. Serving Christ is harder than you think. But get it. It's also better than you think it's going to be, too. You remember the statement? We're just going to leave that up there. You remember the statement, hard things are going to happen that you maybe could have avoided if you didn't, avoided if you didn't follow Christ? I want you to get this. Good things are going to happen that you would have missed out on if you're not faithful to follow Jesus Christ. No, it is harder than you think. But by the help and the grace of God, you're going to trudge up mountains in your life. You're going to trudge up the mountains of overcoming an addiction. You're going to trudge up the mountains of being conformed to the image of Christ. You're going to trudge up the mountains with the pack of failure and adversity. You're going to trudge up the mountain of having been hurt and having to go through sacrifices. You're going to trudge up the mountain of the rigid discipline it takes to actually be engaged and deeply involved in leading and helping to lead in a church. You're going to trudge up the mountain of having to give up some personal freedom for the advancement of the kingdom of God. You're going to have to trudge up the mountain of reconciliation, of admitting that you're wrong or forgiving those who have hurt you. You're going to have to trudge up the mountain of admitting that your plan for your life is not as good as God's plan for your life. You're going to have to trudge up the mountain of chronic illness. You're going to have to trudge up the mountain of dreams. You watch other people get to enjoy joy and you and your heart long to enjoy you're gonna have to trudge up mountain after mountain after mountain and I can't tell you when you get there but I'm just telling you one day if you don't stop you're gonna see things that you never thought you would see I dream of this in your lives. Say, Pastor, what do you think about? You know what I think about maybe the most? I think about this in your lives. I don't know exactly what it looks like. I don't know exactly what shape it's supposed to take. And I have no idea how hard it will be to get there or when you'll get there. 
but I know if you'll be faithful to keep humbling yourself over and over and over and over and over again, that by the grace of God, eventually you'll get there. You know what happened on the show? I also videoed this. <laughs> and I did not ask Andrea for permission to show these videos. So I'm not. <laughs> See, you thought I was going to. No, no. I'm trying to be good today. There were videos where they were sitting down. And me being encouraging like I am, I got the camera out and I'm like, you frustrated? <laughs> or I'm like giving a pep talk. You got this, babe. That's not helping me right now. <laughs> no, I believe you. I of the tiger. Let's go. You're an animal. Yeah, and I want to bite your head off right now. I mean, it's, yeah, it's super fun. Look, that, that, was, that was over two days of that. That backpack, that, that elevation gain. You know what? We didn't, we didn't just make it in one smooth walk. You know what's going to happen in life? You're going to have to hit the pause button at times. Something's going to come along and you're just going to, man, I, I'm, I'm here right now. I don't want to be here, but this is where I'm at. Somebody does something or you fail or you go through a trial or something's harder than you think. And it's going to kind of be a detour and you just, you go over here and sit down. And you got to take the pack off. And, and man, God sends people along to nourish you and to help you where you're at. It's going to be harder than you think. And I'm not telling you what that is in your life. I'm just telling you that, that it may not be every dream you had, but God is going to do things in your life that you would have missed out on if you weren't faithful to keep following Jesus. Following Jesus is better than you think. Seeing how God changes you and delivers you and breaks cycles in your life. How many of you would give testimony to this and say, God has used me in ways that I never thought were possible? I've seen God help my family in ways that I never thought were possible. I've seen God put my marriage and my parenting on a path that, my, that I wasn't raised in. And I never thought this was possible, but now I'm looking at possibilities for my children that I never had. And it's amazing seeing how God restores you, how God exalts you, how God makes you useful to him. That's why in verse 23, Jesus said, and blessed is he, God is going to do things that only He can do in your life. Following Jesus is harder than you think. But it's also far better for you than you think. You know what the danger is? That when we're in the prison cell or we're on the side of a mountain... And we're not thinking about how much progress we've made. We're only thinking about how far we still have to go. That we let the present hardship prevent us from believing that there will be this one day. And we just want to give up. It's never going to get better in my marriage. No, it can. It can at least get better for you. can get better for you. Well, I already lost my marriage, but God can still do something in your life. I have a child that walked away from God, but God's not done working on that child. And it may not be in your lifetime, but God can use your example of faithfulness even after they're dead to change their heart one day. 
I mean, I'm watching my friends, to my singles in here, I'm watching friends get engaged, get married, and those were things that I wanted, and it hasn't happened yet. I don't know what it looks like. I'm just telling you, if you won't settle and if you'll be faithful to God, there's something for you down the road. Parenting, man, we're in the parenting class right now. You know what biblical parenting is like? It's like carrying around a 50-pound sack with a bunch of screaming, self-absorbed kids who act like your husband or your wife. See, there's a lot less laughter on that one. Bunch of chickens, pansies in here. Good night. Am I allowed to laugh, honey? (laughs) No, it's heavy. Hey, waiting for the right kind of spouse is heavy. Being faithful to God through difficulty, through sickness is heavy. Continuing to work through your anxiety and your depression and not let the world convince you that you can never be free of this is heavy. Trying to overcome an addiction is heavy. I'm just telling you, there is a Savior who if you will keep working to follow him day after day after day after day, eventually you see something that only could have happened as a result of following Jesus Christ. So you have to decide which is better, avoiding the hardship of following Christ or missing out on the benefit of following Christ? Please get it. Which is better? Giving up a dream so that you can follow Christ or letting Christ replace that? Or holding on to a dream and not following Christ? Or letting God replace it with something that fulfills you far more than you ever realized it could. So what do you want? Do you want to avoid the hardship? Or do you want to have one? God, just, just get it. I don't care what anybody says. That did not just happen through a bunch of years of chaos that nobody can prove. Well, you can't prove God made it. Right, but I can show you in creation how nothing good comes out of a tornado or a hurricane or an explosion. Order comes from order. You know where that came from? God. Can I show, look, I just, I, I just want to convey it. Please don't take this the wrong way. Ashlyn, can you come up here? What's better to me than that? Watching my daughter play for my wife while she sings. Look, she's still got plenty of time to mess up her life. But if she'll keep following God, she won't just be the source of that. She'll get to see that in her own life. So what do you want? Like, Pastor, following Jesus is really hard right now. Yeah, I get it. But it'll be far more rewarding than you realize one day. For John, he didn't get to see it till he got to heaven. I don't know when you get to see it, but one day, one day, in this life or with him, you will see it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around.
Please respect the privacy of others. Miss Jess is going to begin to play in just a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Would there be anyone who would say, following Jesus right now is harder than I thought it would be? Raise your hand. You'd say, I, it could be illness, it could be relational, it could be your failure, it could be somebody else's failure. No, keep them up. Keep them up before God. I want you to raise your hands. Nobody looking around. I'm the only one that I know of that's looking around. You say, it's harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's all over the place. I'm just telling you, it's all all over the place. It can be, and if, and if you're not raising your hand right now, there have been moments when you could have raised your hand, and there might be moments when you can still raise your hand. You can put them down. How many of you would then be honest and say, I am struggling to be faithful? And it doesn't mean, again, not being faithful in all the ways you should be doesn't mean you're completely turning your back on Christ. It could mean that. But like, like we tried to illustrate with John, you, you don't have to completely forsake the message to change the message a little bit to protect you. I wonder if there would be anyone that would raise their hand and say, there are areas where I am, I am loosening up on, I am not staying committed to because of how hard it is. Not because of a, a biblical conviction, but because it's hard and I'm just not wanting to stay in it and it's just hard. And I'm admitting that. Yep, I see them, I, yep, I see them going up. So you have to decide. You can put your hands down, you have to decide. Do I want to avoid the hardship or do I want to have what God can do? Do I want to avoid what's hard or do I want to have what God can do? You can't have what God can do without going through the hardship that comes with following him. So this morning, if God has dealt with you, ask him to show you what it, areas to be faithful in. I think many of you would already know. And ask him to help you to be faithful, trusting that he will bring you, he will bring you at some point to this place, to where you see what you never could have seen. You experience what you never could have experienced if you didn't keep following him. Following Jesus is harder than you think, but it's also far better than you think. And I believe most children of God would say this, the good that I've gained is far better than the bad that I've endured. Let's all stand together, Brother Nate. You sing, if God has spoken to your heart, you respond to the Lord right now. Don't wait, you respond.